Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. I missed you all last week. We were uh, in Pennsylvania, and um, good friends of ours um, that we sort of mentored uh, got married, so I was a privilege to, to do the wedding uh, last Sunday afternoon. Um, it's been a busy week for us. I also had uh, our, our dear sister, uh, Dorothy Harbison, passed away uh, last week and had a private funeral yesterday. So uh, with that, I do have a, a great, awesome, amazing sermon for you. But as my mentor, my supervisor, Pastor Nichol says, you can't always be good, but you can be short. So as soon as I'm no longer short, say, sit down, Reiko. Um, I hope what I have for you is short and good. Um, as my father-in-law says, good, fast, and cheap, pick any two. I don't know. Uh, now I'm way off track. All right, so uh, I've had too much coffee this morning, but all right. I, like I said, I missed you guys, so it's good to be back. Um, we're going to be looking at and pretending as if we are magi. The magi were on a spiritual quest. So if you're looking in um, your worship bulletin, there's the printing of the story of the magi. And then we'll also be looking at a couple of the verses from the first song that we sang. So, um, so the tradition of the church... How many magi are there? Three, right? Anyone see a card like this? Send any? Anybody? Get any like this? Yeah. There's three magi, or, or as it's translated, three wise men, right? Um, and anyone know their names? This is like extra credit. Anyone know the names of these three wise men or magi? I'll give you a mint if you can guess it. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. So the way I wrote it down is Melchior. Uh, yeah, let's give Candy a round of applause. All right. Uh, Melchior, oh, give her a mint, too. Um, that's, I'm not a liar. Uh, Melchior, Gaspar, and Balthazar. Well, do you know there's more? We don't know for sure that there was three wise men. Does it say anywhere there was three? Why does the church, why does tradition say there was three? Any guesses? There's three gifts. The three gifts are, everybody gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So you guys know this story. All right. So I want you to rethink the story. I want you to put yourself in the story. Of course, you can't go back in time. You're still living today in 2021. But we're going to pretend that we are magi on a spiritual quest. So um, here's a fourth name. There's Melchior, Gaspar, Balthazar, and Reiko. That one fits right in, doesn't it? <laughs> the rest of you have normal names. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to count to three. And I want you all to say your name as loud as you can, or just about as loud, so that we can include more names in this list. Are you ready? One, two, three, Reiko. Right, did you hear all those names? Yeah, there's a lot of magi. Look around. Okay, now you're all nervous. You don't want to do it. It's okay. You guys are all magi. I don't know what you're bringing, uh, you know, what kind of camel you're riding, but hope the journey is good for you. All right, what I want to look at is, uh, believe it or not, as I was thinking about how... We're like magi. I came up with 17 different points. Thanks be to God that I'm only going to share three of them with you. But 17 ways that we're like magi. So if you want the full uh, unedited edition, I'll have to print that for you. But I'm going to look at three of them. And they all start with a W. So the first one is um, they, their wanter. Their wanter or their heart was different. And because I'm a, a budding preacher, everything has to start with W. So their wanter. Um, the word that they received, and then the worthy one that they found. So um, I've asked Dave to, uh, to reread the story, verses 1 to 4, and we'll look at how their wanter was changed. So go ahead, Dave. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, 
Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. All right, thank you, Dave. So on this part, I'll be short. Their wanter was different. Their heart was different. There was no reason for these guys, Melchior, Gaspar, Balthazar, Rako, etc., to be leaving their homeland and looking to come and worship a newborn king of the Jews. I mean, the Jews were a colonized people. There was no reason they should be doing this, right? Except that their wanter had changed. God had done something. He'd, he'd given them a sign, something that made sense to their intellect, and it got them going. So, same with us. The reason you're here today, hopefully, is because your wanter, your heart, has been opened and drawn to come and worship Jesus. The rest of the world hasn't experienced that yet. We hope they do, and all of our friends and neighbors as well. Um, the second thing that this wanting did, it left some people behind, right? All of their friends um, and the family, at least for a time, it left them behind. But it also made others a little bit nervous. Dave just read uh, verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, right? Why was King Herod troubled that there would be a new king of the Jews born? Yeah, because this king would come to overthrow him. Herod, uh, Caesar said about Herod, Herod was just a ruling, like a governor, but they called him a king. Uh, Caesar said about him that it's better to be his pig than his son, because he killed two or three of his sons. He also killed his wife when they wanted to start approaching to take over the throne. So Herod is a little bit nervous, um, and so when he hears this, he is, uh, he is nervous, and because Herod's nervous, everyone's nervous. And that sort of applies with us. When our wanter has changed, sometimes it makes others nervous. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you going to church? Why are you doing those things? So anyway, that's just something we're going to be aware of in 2021 as we're following Jesus. It's going to make some people nervous. And that's okay. Um, so the next thing we're going to look at is the word. How they needed more than just their intellect, more than just the star. They needed God's word. So Dave, can you read verses 5 through 8? They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Okay, so think about this for a moment. The magi, the wise men, had seen the star. Maybe who knows how they got going. But they didn't know where the king was, where this newborn king was. So they go to the capital. It doesn't say, unlike our cards that like to put the picture of the star following them all the way, the, fall didn't, the star didn't lead them all the way. The star gave them a sign to go to Jerusalem or to go worship the king of the Jews. But from there, they weren't sure what to do. So that's why they went to the capital. That's why they went and asked, where is this guy? Uh, where is this newborn king? Uh, so it got them to Jerusalem, but they needed more. They needed God's word to point them, where is this one who is to be born king of the Jews? So uh, just to qu take a quick pause on that. 
we too, as magi on a spiritual quest, we also need more than our intellect. We need more than the signs that we can think about ourselves. We need God's word to come to us. So here, uh, Herod asks, hey, so you guys know anything about this king that's going to be born? And they tell him, yeah, the scriptures tell us um, in, in Judah, uh, in, in Bethlehem. That's where he's going to be born. And the scribes and chief priests, they're right. Um, so they share God's word with Herod. And Herod, even though he's an evil guy, he passes this on to the Magi. Um, so, uh, so we need God's word to tell us more. But here's the thing, too. And this is why we're doing a Bible reading plan this year. We need everything that God says. Not just the, the things that we would cherry pick and put on our fridge. We need all of God's word. Um, here, the scribes and chief priests, they're right. What they say is sort of a condensed uh, paraphrase of Micah. But they leave out one thing that would probably really make Herod mad. They leave out the end of this verse from Micah. This is what Micah says. Uh, you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel. And that's where they stop. But it goes on, and Micah says, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days, from eternity. So part of this prophecy about this coming king was that he's from way back. He's from eternity. He is God himself. They didn't include that part. So us as Magis, I encourage all of us, we need to hear all of God's word, the full counsel of God's word. So that's uh, our wanter. The Magi's wanter has been changed. They need God's word. And next they're going to go look for and worship the worthy one. So Dave's going to read the, the most uh, beautiful part of this. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Thank you, Dave. So here, they, these men who have some worth, right? We don't know if they're kings exactly. Uh, Magi technically weren't kings. They were servants of kings. But they've got a lot of money. They've got a lot of, well, we could say cash. They have a, a lot of valuable stuff. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was all very, very valuable, right? So, that's, so they have a lot of value. But they go to this house where Mary was and the baby and they're the ones with the stuff, but they worship him. He is the quest of their life. And just like us magis, Jesus is the quest of our life. We are made to worship God. We are made to worship Jesus. That's where we get our fulfillment in life. And so these guys, they come in, they bring their gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then the people have thought about this a long time, and, and this may not be right, but I like this. They bring their gold, because he is a king, right? If you look at um, the song we read, it says, Born a king on Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. It's a beautiful stanza there. We bring him gold because he's worthy of it, right? Um, and we do that too. We are magi and, I don't know, anybody have gold handy? No? You have paper gold? Anybody? How about plastic gold? Right? Probably all of us have some sort of gold, uh, plastic or paper or whatever, maybe real. 
And so part of our worship is that we bring these things to God, not out of duty, but out of joy. It's like we get to worship him with our gold, right? It's like the joy of our life that we get to uh, come and give him part of what is his. So think about it. Like if the, the wise men had 20 pieces of gold, they may have counted out one, two. I sort of doubt it, though. They're like, cat, they just gave it all, right? Not that we have to give it all, but... You know, giving is a part of us as being magi, following him on the spiritual quest. Um, and that's, it's an honor and a privilege to do this. Um, in the Old Testament, there was priests and Levites, and those guys had to be supported as they were doing God's work. And so, in the Old Testament, there was like, okay, here's the rule. You should give about a tenth of your money to support God's work. In the New Testament, there's no rule like that. But there is sort of an expectation that we are generous I won't go into detail on this, but um, Paul says later, St. Paul, he says, um, these are the ways you should give. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, you could read it. Give joyfully. I imagine these magi were giving joyfully. Uh, give as a response to God's grace. I imagine that's how they were giving. Give proportionately. If they have more money, they're going to give more than someone who doesn't. Give sacrificially. Maybe they were doing that. Give uh, as a privilege. Give voluntarily. Give selflessly. Give as you trust God. Give like Christ gave himself. So uh, when we bring our gold, it's our honor. It's our privilege. It's not, yes, it might be sort of a duty, but it's really just our joy. Um, so that's the first thing they did. They brought their gold. They also brought frankincense. Frankincense. So I'm going to read that verse. Frankincense to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising, all men raising. Worship him, God most high. So they brought their gold because he's the king. They brought their frankincense or their incense because he is their God. Right? So, to, I don't have any frankincense handy. I might have some plastic gold. I, I'm out of incense. Are you? Anyone here burning incense on a regular basis? Nobody. What kind of magi are you? <laughs> right? Okay. So we don't have incense or frankincense, but Revelation, the book of Revelation, tells us that the prayers of the saints... The prayers of God's people are like incense going up to God. Well, can you pray? No brainer, right? Of course you can pray all the time. Paul tells us, um, don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition that's asking, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So we can do that 24-7, right? Most of us fail at it, number one right here, first in line of failure line, but we can all pray. So we bring our prayers to God for others, for ourselves, uh, as part of our worship. So they brought their gold because he's king. They brought their incense because he's God. And then they bring his, him myrrh. I think you're probably out of myrrh also, right? Myrrh was something they used for a sacrifice. When they would sacrifice, they would bring myrrh. So that verse uh, goes here. Myrrh is mine, it's bitter perfume. Breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. Sounds kind of bitter and dark, doesn't it? But we bring, the, the, the Magi brought their myrrh because he would be a sacrifice. At least that's the way we reflect on it. Jesus came, as Matthew tells us, to save his people from their sins. And how does he do that? He died, right? He died for our sins, right? That's, that's, that's a good news for us. 
He bore our sins on the cross so that we wouldn't have to. So thanks be to God that every single one of us are forgiven because he is our sacrifice. And then in response, yes, we do respond with living a, a life where we are sacrificing, but it's really just in response to his sacrifice. Um, and the last thing I want to say is, um, you know how the, the star, after the, the Magi left Jerusalem, they're headed towards Bethlehem? And then what happened? They're on their way to Bethlehem, they're riding their camels or whatever they got. What happened? The star appeared again. Matthew sort of says it disappeared and then it came again. And it's not just up in the sky. It's a really clear sign, sort of like this star right there. It's right above where the house would be. And that's what it, Matthew says. The star appeared right above the house. A really clear sign, right? Uh, and so for the, the Magi, that would have been a relief, like, wow, this wasn't all a waste. We're not as crazy as we thought we would be. You know, we have a sign, too. I have not seen a star over a stable or over a little house where Jesus, baby Jesus is, but I have seen the sign. God has given a sign to every single person. You all know what that is. The sign of Jesus' resurrection. He is risen. We can go back in history and look at the documents. We can look at the way people responded to this risen person, and he's still at work today. So that is the sign for every single one of us. That might be new for you. Maybe that's old for you, but it's, that is a sign for us. Uh, because of God uh, sending Jesus, um, changing our wanters, giving us his word, showing us that Jesus is worthy of our worship, uh, because of all those things, we are not seeking him in vain. I'd like to end by uh, singing the very last verse of that earlier song. So if you can flip in your bulletin uh, to the, where it says verse 5, uh, second, second or third page, Glorious now, behold him arise, King and God and sacrifice. Alleluia, alleluia, heaven to earth replies. Everybody there? Uh, I'd invite you to stand as we sing this uh, closing song.